You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 70. And we have the amazing Maddie Berkey on the podcast today. Hi, hi Maddie. Maddie. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, Maddie has, uh, is the author of the blog Paleo Girl in the City and also the founder of Elevation Rowing. Yes. Primitive. Yeah, is that what it's called? Elevation, yes. Is it Elevation Rowing Company or just Elevation no. Rowing? Uh, yeah, just Elevation Rowing. Great. Dot. And dot com? Oh, yes. I was like dot, like as in stop. Oh, period. Dot, period. Stop. The end. <laughs> stop. Uh, like a telemark. A te- yeah. No, not a telemark. Telegra- telegram? Telegram. Mm-hmm. Telegrapher. Tele- nope. Oh. Telegram. <laughs> <laughs> telemark is a kind of skiing, I think, in a place in Norway. Anyway. So, <laughs> what you need to know though is Maddie wears kombucha beads. So, yes, yes always and legit. Yes, it's yeah. very true. And she has power shoulders. I may or may not have just Instagrammed a picture of you with yeah. the hashtag pumpkins and power shoulders. That just made my day. <laughs> yeah, and it wears thinks, Lulu scarves and things are going great shoes. so far. Like we're our yeah, we have crush. I have a big crush on her. Um, so here we are. We're here to talk about rowing, all about rowing today. And I know you guys have a ton of questions about rowing. Maddie's going to answer every single one of them, I'm sure, because she's a pro rower. She uh, rowed at the collegiate level. Why don't you just go ahead and talk about you? Tell us about you. Oh man. Um, I'm eat a biscuit while you talk yeah she made us treats yeah um so i don't have any hand-eye coordination and i'm really sneakily competitive which doesn't equal a successful ball sporter so (laughs) yeah i had a really wonderful run um in field hockey and basketball until i realized that that was the worst idea ever oh because i'm also pigeon-toed so basically like most awkward person you would ever put on (laughs) any in any sort of game um but I can sit and pull. And so I started rowing when I was in high school. I actually went to boarding school. So I started rowing my freshman year at boarding school and rowed all through boarding school and college. And yeah, I rowed at Williams College. It was awesome. We we kicked some butt. So yeah. I'm not I'm not very good at I'm not very good at bragging. So we were oh, we were good. Like we were amazing. Yeah. We we won we won some NCAAs, so that was good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was really fun. And then how did you transition from rowing into CrossFit? Yeah, totally. So actually, right after I graduated, I started CrossFit. And I had like, whenever the clock started to go down, I would have like serious uh, college stress out. Yeah. And it was just, it was too much like practice. And it was my own fault that like that stressed me out too much. Who so introduced you to CrossFit? My sister. Okay. had started doing CrossFit. She was also a rower. We, we rode and went to the same schools. Um, and so she started me... I crossed like she's like, Maddie, you're gonna love this. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> but it was just a little too much like college and that kind of pressure. And so I took the a little college break. pressure. Yeah, of just like okay. must do well, yes. must go as hard as I possibly can at yeah. the moment. Do you want to talk a little bit about that at some point? Like, yeah, okay, I would we'll love get, to. I'm gonna circle back. Oh, yeah. okay. Do you have um, a therapist at hat on? I do. I love it. No, I was like, legs crossed. No, I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing I do this. have therapist mode right now. <laughs> I love it. I was a psychology art history double major, so. Nice. Just, yeah. You picked up on that cue. We're yeah. talking right now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. I always reserve the right to not know what to do with feelings. Come in. So, Claire, that's my favorite text. Claire will always say, I'll say something about the psychology and emoting or whatever. I'm going to get emotional. And Claire goes, she's all, her response is always, I reserve the right to not know what to do with emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you get emotional, I just don't. If, anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like all about feelings. <laughs> so I feel like they're at home. Your emotions have emotions. <laughs> yes. We're going to get along great. Yes. yes. And rowing is like 98% mental. So mm-hmm. I'm like in coaching, I'm like, I'm the big mentality coach. Mm-hmm. 
which is really fun when I'm like yelling at the top of my lungs. Like, <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. What's motivating you to row right now? Why okay. did you get out of bed? Pull from within. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. so you started it. Started doing CrossFit, and then it was too intense. So you yeah, it was a lot. So I actually um, yeah, I taught spin and boot camp for a couple years, and that was really fun because it also just allowed me to find my voice. Like I am a, a very much an introvert. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> Maddie. Uh, I, so I heard this once, and now it's like my favorite term, which is um, a site-specific extrovert, which is what I'm like. I was like, oh, I love my term because I'm such an introvert. Like, I love hanging out with my cats and bacon and things, and I'm kind of shy. Um, but it, I'm also very competitive and don't like to fail. So when I started teaching spin, it was like I can either be an introvert and fail, or I can be an extrovert and not fail. And so I realized I should probably talk about her. Um, so, <laughs> but it was really interesting because like when I first started teaching spin, there was such a discrepancy between my coaching self and my non-coaching self. Like mm-hmm. there was like power Maddie Berkey when I was in charge. And then like the shy introverted part of myself that I was so determined to hold on to. And it was like kind of exhausting to be two different people. And one of the really cool things about coaching was it allowed those two sides to kind of like fuse. So now I am like a, I don't know a supercharged introvert that can also <laughs> supercharge. Yeah. I feel like being an introvert too doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're like super mellow. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a total cat lady. I only right. two. That's yeah. one. One than cat that, lady. Yeah. Uh-huh. Taylor Swift uh-huh. put the same little caveat on her cat. Oh. Yeah. She's I, like, two is cute. Three is, three. Three. Two is cute. Three is concerning. Four is over the line. Yeah. Three can like go either way. Sure. I think. So I babysat a friend's cat, which put me at three, mm-hmm. and I literally, it was, like, exponential. I, like, my cat, my apartment smelled like cat. Yeah. I stopped inviting people over, and I was like, <laughs> right. oh, my God, it's happening. I'm Never. 23. Like, after I was 23, I was like, and it's happening. Never got out of your PJs. Yeah. 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 I was like, why get dressed? Right. It's not even worth it. Just covering cat hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. um, so it. after you did spin and yeah. cam. So then I... Um, I started doing like CrossFit esque workouts at um, at the gym that I was coaching at, at um, which was at that point known as Chi. And um, one of my good friends actually um, was coaching, and I would just hang out after class because it really reminded me of rowing. And I was so intrigued by the mental aspect of getting people to be comfortable being uncomfortable, so that they could go hard for ten minutes. Where it's like spin, you can kind of like you get uncomfortable, but you do so over the course of 60 minutes yeah. versus being like, oh no, you got to get it done in 10 minutes. Um, and do it you really still teach spin? Ever? No. Okay. Because I still do it. Sometimes I, I incorporate CrossFit yeah. drills, like just time-wise, like oh, fun. 2010. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if they know this, like the type <laughs> of intervals we do. I don't even know if it's like, if they notice that or if it's, if it's helpful, but I try to like merge the CrossFit and spin world. <laughs> totally. No, I did too. It was uh, like, you will rest. Yeah. <laughs> ah. um, but yeah, so I started hanging out after class and I'd be like, um, so let's talk about all these reasons why I think this is really interesting. And finally he was like, Maddie, do you want to just coach this? And I was just like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started shadowing under him and then ended up taking over that program. And this is my good friend, Greg. Um, and he's now actually coaching at York Street. And so I started shadowing under him and then took it over when he shifted and then started going to CrossFit Fur, which is where I am now. And I went there first as an athlete. Like I was like, I just want to be somewhere where I can be an athlete. Um, and I really noticed that I plateaued. Like I didn't have anyone pushing me. I didn't, I just wasn't, I was left to my own devices and I really wanted to be surrounded by people that were better than me. 
or who are better than, than I. Can I take a pause for yeah. a moment and tell you when, okay, so this is the story I was talking about. Yeah. So when you were at Chi, my one of my really good friends, Gary, took your class yeah. constantly, and he was always like, oh, you have to meet this girl. You have to meet, you guys just have to be friends. You guys really exactly like <laughs> each other. And then he showed me, like, sent me the link to your blog, and so I kind of cyber-stalked you, like, way before nice. you even met. I cyber Yeah. Well, to some degree. So great. Yeah, yeah. to some degree. To some degree. There is a, there is a level that, yeah. <laughs> There's a threat just at the cat threshold. Yes, yes. Yeah. There is a there's a cyber threshold. <laughs> so aside from that too, though, you're like an amazing baker, which we can talk about later of how you got into that. Cause like, yeah, your food posts. I was always like, oh my gosh. I just so don't have time. Like, where? How are you? Well, we can talk about. Yeah. That. Okay. We'll, we'll get so that. continue. So you're so at you Verve. Started, yeah. You went to Verve. So and, and I was still really, coaching at Chi. I was, and right. I was really ter- determined to just be nappy at Verve. And like honestly, like the moment I walked in, I was like, ah, oh, damn it, because I was like, I want to coach here. Like yeah. that's all I want to do. And actually, how I started sort of getting into coaching at Verve was we did the turkey challenge, and there was a row, and so people were asking me about rowing, and I'm like. I get really excited about Rogan. So A, I'm giving like a lot of advice. And then B, I was like, oh, I'll just come coach you through and just start like yelling. And I was like all like pretty shy at Verve. So no one had seen like the crazy Matty Berkey side. <laughs> and then like literally like the next week, they're like, you want to? So like I talk, started talking yeah. about interning and they've just been phenomenal and are like so great over there. They've yeah. learned so much. And so now I coach there part time and also started a rowing program there and have a rowing program and. Yeah, it's awesome. That's kind of where Evolution Rowing was born, was Elevation. on the seats at Verve. Elevation Rowing? Elevation Rowing. Oh, not Evolution. You said Oh, did I say Evolution? Oh, no. Elevation. Elevation. Worst Elevation. Evolution of Elevation Rowing. Shoot. Crap. Um, E-words. Um, yeah. So, Tell me a little bit about um, Elevation Rowing and what what is it? What do you want to do with it? Talk about that. Yeah, bit. totally. Um so rowing is so has interwoven in CrossFit and it's become more and more so like it was in the open last year. And the thing with rowing is it's such a skill. Um, and it's also such a can be such a fast learning curve. Like you see a lot of women come in in college and be extremely successful, like women who've started rowing in college and then have been an Olympian like four years later, which is crazy. Like no other sport is really like yeah. that quick of a learning curve. And so it's a skill you can you can get so much of it so easily and looking around seeing athletes just like I don't mean this in a mean way but like undermining themselves you're like oh my god you're working so much harder than you need to work like please just let me fix this like one thing but I don't want to be like that sketchy girl who's always like so do you want me to like can I can I like, can I can I fix that like do you uh, okay. I mean I feel that way when I walk through 24 hour fitness oh, oh spin, gosh. so yeah, like, I, uh, I get it really. yeah. <sighs> yeah we were talking about Last a couple weeks ago, I was up at Orange Theory Fitness, and when I was watching these girls grow, and I was just like, "Oh, oh this yeah, is so hard for me to right. watch you do this." Yeah. Like yeah. I know the goal is to have your heart rate up, so like whatever you do, you need to do, sure like to get by all means. Sure. But like, yeah. I just there's just so many pieces moving at a time. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. I I'm, I totally admit that I had judgment. I had judgment. It's <laughs> I walked through there was I, judgment. I'm sorry. Judgment. As long like, as you acknowledge it, it's out fine. there. And it was, it, you've seen those girls, 
I'm doing air quotes, those girls, that her boobs were falling out of her Lulu top when her hair was completely done, her makeup was completely done, and she's like doing bicep curls. And I was like, I, I just can't. I can't get around my judgment on that. I cannot get around my judgment right now. At least and she I, wasn't like sitting on the elliptical. Oh, I should probably. Yeah, curls is an interesting addition. I to mean, that, it was just like. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Did she have weightlifting gloves on? Yes. I love weightlifting gloves for bicep curls. Oh, and I, I literally, literally looked at her, and I looked up, like, (laughs) took a deep breath, walk away, walk away. Your judgment is all over your face right now. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, It just happens. It happens, and I admit it, and I'm over it. Okay. Nice. So go ahead. (laughs) But yeah, so I just wanted to. Like have a way for people to like a source of information for rowing, and that's kind of what ele- now I'm nervous. Elevation <laughs> rowing <laughs> has evolved to, um, and it just started like the base is being grown. But I really want the site to be a place people can go for information about rowing and for drills and for. But then also, like rowing is such about what like what your thoughts are on that seat because CrossFit's so cool and and forces you to figure out so much about yourself but what can be really unique about rowing is like you are sitting on that seat and nothing changes like the stimulus does not change so it's like when you're so overwhelmed like oh like i'm gonna go from thrusters to at least a pull-ups like they gotta at least have a switch rowing is so it's just it's the same thing and it really invites you to ask very different questions about yourself yeah and the other thing that i love about it and what i really loved um starting the rowing program at bird is it's also it's a skill and so if you put in the work like you will get better mm-hmm. uh, and that's been a really cool thing to see is like a really unique group of people kind of come out of the woodworks to be now the rowing program at Bird, um, and they know each other and they support each other and they also have like this piece of crossfit that's theirs that they excel at and are better at than a lot of the other people in the gym and my favorite I like call them like my little rowing ninjas because they'll like go into the wad and like sit next to some like young whippersnapper and beat them and I'm just like yes <laughs> I mean I'm sure you did a great job young whippersnapper yes <laughs> um, so it also gives people like it just gives you something to be good at and to yeah. hold on to and to it's just a really interesting medium to figure out stuff about yourself, which is why, to be honest, like it totally kind of freaks me out still. Like there are certain pieces that I'm just like, oh my gosh, like a part of my soul just died. Um, but it also like I probably learned the most about myself on that seat between like high school, yeah. college, and yeah. I feel like in a way it's almost I mean different from a treadmill in the sense that you're you know there's a lot more like technique involved but it's that same kind of like you there's nothing else to focus on other than just like the pain that you're in yeah and yeah. and i think that makes it pretty scary for most people because if you're running outside at least you can kind of like let you know let your brain wander you ha- if you're on the road you have to be paying attention to what you're like you have to be present totally and that is i think also different than a lot of other things in crossfit like if you're doing Burpee, you know, if you're doing these multiple reps of things or, like, you know, you're doing lifts, like, you can focus on other things other than just, like, the pain that you're in. Yeah, no, <laughs> rowing is pain. Like, it's, like, if you think about a 2K race, that's, like, the standard race in college. It's, like, oh, God. you line up, you're totally, like, freaking out, uh, and you start, you start pulling hard, you settle into a rhythm, and then, like, I love, I love rowing. Like, when I'm, like, oh, make a move, like, when I'm trying to explain moves to people, they're, like, what, like, what do you do? I'm, like, oh, you just pull harder. 
So you were pulling hard and then you and then you pull harder. <laughs> and then as you get tired, like your sprint, you just pull hard. Like but the trick with rowing too is like you have to do all that stuff while being like completely non-reactive. So like right. if you start losing your business, like you're in a boat that is as wide as your hips. And so like any little shift is gonna shift the whole boat. Any so there's this really crazy combination of like totally riding your line but you can't like that red line you can't go so above it that you've lost control right but then you also can't not go like if you end a race and you're like wow i feel great like you have just like you've just failed uh like you go to that really (laughs) that really vulnerable place and that's always what scared me the most about rowing it was just like man can i go to that place every single time and like of course you do yeah but it's a really daunting thing to sit at the line and be like Am I gonna go there? Because here we go again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I hate two Ks. Oh my god! That, oh. To be totally honest, like I probably bad. But that's the one thing I'm like I'm never like I don't know if I'm ever gonna do that again. Like I PR in college, I was so excited yeah. about it. I wrapped a bow what on was that. Your, what was your fastest two K? Um, Seven twenty-three, which I was psyched about. Wow. So it was good. It was like, it was good. And I was like, you know, it was so cool. I'd been injured so much in college. I like literally every time like scraped up from like the third varsity to the second varsity. And like, and then I finally started lifting and that was huge. And that 2K was my senior year and I was, had been in the 1B and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to F this up (laughs) Uh, and did. And it was just like, that was like, it's so just like sportsy cheesy, but I remember like walking out of the gym and just, I just started crying. Like I was just so excited that I'd actually been able to like take that chance and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then afterwards I was like, I'm never doing that again. And that's cause yeah, I know in CrossFit, like there were so many, like Benchmark. so much impetus to do that too. Yeah. Like in the 750, like something like when you have two, like when you're in that like middle or third 500, there has to be something really unique to force you to go to that, that special place where you like give up a piece of your soul. <laughs> uh, and in college, like all those variables were there. Like it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to get to nationals. I wanted to be on the one B. I wanted to support all the women next to me. And like all those things took you to another level and they'd just be so different now. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to think about, but yeah. Yeah. So talk about um, backing up a little bit of, you know, people are walking into CrossFit not knowing anything about rowing. So do you have like the top three or top five or, or just kind of a, the basics of what people need to know going into Yeah, um, totally. So one is even though I always say pull hard, the rowing stroke is not a pull, it's a press. So it's a bracing of your back as you extend your legs with your arms extended versus like we've all been there, but you see like the, like the bicep like tongue where it's all guns um and it's really it's a leg drive thing and we are putting out a video with yeah you too so watch out for that yes that'll be super cool so a big thing is using your legs um uh, to initiate your stroke so not opening up early with your back so not like sitting up and leaning back as your first thing or breaking your arms really early and then extending your legs it's arm straight back raised extend your legs so that's your drive um another is getting out of the finish. So when you're at the finish, when you're extended, your arms are straight, your handles right at your sternum, the first thing you have to do... Oh, sorry. Um, arms are bent. Legs are straight. Yeah, yeah. Legs are straight. Okay, arms are bent. Arms are straight. Here. Close my eyes and do this. Sternum. Yeah. So weird. Uh, you're going to extend your arms first, then you're going to lean forward, and then you're going to bend. You reverse it. Yeah. So basically, it's like, you know, the beautiful thing about CrossFit is it corresponds so well to rowing, but it's quarter extremity. So it's like your big movers to your little movers, your little movers to your big movers, just like a sumo death of high pole, that same kind of sequence where it's like hips, arms, arms, body hips. Yeah. 
Um, so that's another. And then the other is to use your recovery. So a lot of times you see like a one-to-one work recovery ratio and the recovery should be more of a one to two. So you should always be going back up to your catch slower than when you went away. And those are kind of like your big pieces and there's obviously a lot of little, a lot of little pieces in there. But, um, yeah, actually I I lied. I had one more. The other (laughs) is like not repping out your stroke, which you see all the time, which is that like, and then people are like, yeah. Like you pause and you're like, I'm so awesome at rowing. And then you start again and you just like are doing reps. I like to call it the Jason Khalifa. And it's like, if you're Jason Khalifa, do whatever you want. Everyone else, you have to play by the rules. I know. I kind of love it. They're like, but I saw this person. You're like, ah. Yeah. You're like, I mean, if you can get, yeah. If you can overhead squat 400 pounds, row however you want. Until you are at that level, you have to play by the rowing rules. Yeah. Which are mine. No. <laughs> so, so one more time, that one is where you're literally just like yeah, so you're strong arming the totally, and you're like goal. pausing. And what that does is it just takes away all your momentum. So in your recovery, you're actually you shouldn't be working at all. It's like one reason why rowers have little butts is because like when they're leaning forward in the recovery, they basically like you turn you turn off your glutes and you're not pulling yourself back up. Instead, the impulse of you extending your arms and leaning forward is just like naturally tugging you forward versus you pulling with your legs. So like usually your shins will be shot or your hammies will be smoked if you're pulling yourself back up. Um, Have you ever done incline rowing? That sounds awful. It is the worst thing it's ever done. And also, like, would really affront me because I'd be like, you're making me row it efficiently. Way harder. (laughs) You, like, stack plates under the front of the rower so that you have to pull yourself back to the front with your shins. It's... Why why would anyone do that? It was... What is that for? The hardest thing I've ever done. That sounds awful. Also, like, pains me a little because I feel like it's teaching you grab a rowing. Well, it's just, like, to, you know, work on... Get a new... Stimulus. Stimulus. Yeah. It just like when else in your life do you ever pull your body weight with your shins? Oh, it's snarky. <laughs> a lot of people on the road. Weird. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna be like, it was like anyway. You should try it. It's fun, fun, fun. But yeah, so what, what's hard when you pull yourself up is you're working both ways. So like you're working on the way back and you're working on the way forward. Versus like if you lean forward and let that pull you, then you have a whole piece of your stroke where you're like, oh, just get breathe. Right. Um, let yourself have that. Yeah. Yes. And it also allows you to have higher stroke rating. So a lot of CrossFitters get stuck at like 22, 24, and can't access like 34, 36. So do you want to have a super yeah. high stroke rate? Well, not want? always. So your stroke rating is just like tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to row a little bit higher just because I'm comfortable rowing there. So like, but it really depends. If you, let's say you're totally, um, your legs are pretty rested. You don't have to do a lot with your legs, but you want to kind of like slow your heart rate down a little bit. Then you might row heavy and long at a slower rating or at at a lower rating. So like a 24, but like say your legs are like smoked and you just need to kind of move, that's when like a 30-32 is really going to help you because it's so much less heavy on your legs, but it is more cardiovascular. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's finding that base, but you have to, like the biggest thing with rating is like you have to be efficient at what you do. So if you, like some people just like go off at a 40 and you're like, oh my God, please don't do that. Um, Because they're just not efficient at that pace. place. So what's been really fun watching the rowing program at Burr is seeing people become more and more efficient. Like at first, like everyone was like, could move it like it was like let's get everyone at 26 okay now everyone's at 28 okay now everyone can move at like a 30 and then it was so cool the other day we we're doing like 34 work and i was just like you guys are really fast uh so you look really good yeah. 
Uh, so it's just, it's about like establishing that foundation and then you get to use your rating as a tool, mm-hmm. which is what's so cool about it versus you just get stuck if you're always pausing, like right. you just can't go faster. Okay. So there's not really like a rule of thumb of like, oh, you should be around to this or that. It's more about efficiency. And yeah. It totally depends. So it's like, if you're rowing like a 500 meter piece all out, like go hard. Like I think I actually just did that. And like, I was at like a 36. But, like, I can also move at a 36. Mm-hmm. Um, you can keep that pace. Yeah, but way. say I was doing a 2K, like, there is no way I would row 2K at a 36. Or, like, a, a better example would be, like, a 5K. Then I might row it at a 24 to a 28. Well, it's kind of like running. It's like you wouldn't go out on a full-out sprint if you knew you had to run five right. miles, but you're going to go out on a full-out sprint if you only have to run at 200. Totally. Right. Okay. And I think people forget that with rowing. And, like, yeah. the sneaky thing about rowing is just because you don't really know that pace. Like, one of the things I see a lot is, like, the fly and die where, like, and we've all been there where you start the piece and you're so hopped up on a adrenaline that you're like I'm so good at rowing like when did I get to be this good at rowing because you're split so low and you're like I'm a Mary like I'm amazing and then at like the 300 meter mark because you've been going at like your 250 pace you're like I'm not amazing and then it's just like and then all yeah. of a sudden you can't feel your legs. Yeah. That's happened to me. It's happened to us all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I have no legs though. Because I don't even, I mean, when we're talking about this though, starting out and even now that those numbers confuse me. I'm like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I just go be, like, listen to my lungs and what I can keep up. But I didn't know that if there is like a number I should be at with the stroke rate or. Yeah. And it, I mean, it helps to like, just like cross, like it helps to have some benchmarks yeah. and like have, like having a 2K time or like. A thousand meter time or five hundred meter time, just so you can be like, okay, I know I can go that hard for two minutes, but what about what if I have to go two minutes six times in the course of like eight hundred other million movements? Yeah. And I think what's tricky with rowing is it's like adjusting your split by a couple seconds um, might not affect your rowing time that much, but can drastically affect your ability to do work off the rower. So like my sister likes to say this. My sister is um, also a, a, a CrossFit coach. She's awesome, Louisa, Louisa Berkey. Um, is she into it? She, no, almost, we do look a lot, like, and the blonder I become, the more, like, we look. Um, I feel like I just, for some reason, thought you had a twin. No, so she is, um, she's two years older than me. We okay. look a lot alike. She is in, in Massachusetts, or no, New Hampshire now. She's awesome. She, obviously, she's my sister. But uh, <laughs> she's a jewelry designer, so she has Louisa B. Designs, and it's awesome. And she also coaches CrossFit. And um, But she's so funny. She, like, her favorite joke is, like, oh, whoever gets off the rower wins the workout. Or gets off the road first would yeah. out, and that's like a, usually a blatant lie. Um, <laughs> but she that's likes fair. to say that, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, just just get off first; it'll be great for you." And then you come like staggering yeah. out, you can't feel your legs, you can't breathe, and yeah, I've definitely been in that place where like you get off the road, it's like Jackie. Oh yeah, like you get off the road and you're like, "I'm supposed to do what now?" Yeah. She go, "What? Yeah. You're, you want me to thrust hmm? with my with my leg?" No. No. Yeah, so that's like a great example where like, yeah, maybe you you just you have to slow down. Like yeah. you have to slow down a couple seconds. So maybe you get off the rower five, ten seconds slower, but like you can do thrusters after that. Yeah. Right. Or okay. you do it at a lower rating. Yeah, so that a you're, rating. right. So that your legs aren't totally or what no, not like the lower damper or something. You're pulling what's sort of you press. Like you're going faster. Yeah. But with less So you're not making it as heavy. Yeah, you're not making it as heavy. Yeah. Would that be like wattage? Is that how, what, like, what is that setting? Is that what it's called? Where the, you know how you push the button yeah. and it keeps changing the settings? Yeah. Isn't that watts versus calories versus yeah. meters? meters? Yeah. So it'd be hard because you still have to see your meters on Jackie. But yet you think you're thinking you're, you might exert less power per stroke. Okay. But you might go at a higher stroke rating. Like, and again, it's finding like that, like where can you get off feeling in control? So if yeah. you can like lighten it up at a 30, like do that. But if you're just going to blow up at a 30, then like 
probably what Jackie yeah. classics. So there's, is there anything to looking at wattage or calories? Like, or what do you usually look at when you're I, like, we as rowers, like, pretty much just looked at meters. Like, because okay. that's what we train for. Yeah. And I've been playing more and more with calories just because it comes up in CrossFit so much. And honestly, we were talking about a little of this before we started recording. Um, with calories, like, I just, I'm like, just keep the, like, just row well. Like, which is, <laughs> but, like, don't try and change all these, all these variables to become less efficient. Like, just accept that calories take more time to row. Like, it's going to be a slower turnover than meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just row efficiently and get off being able to do whatever you need to do. Right. Versus, no matter what you're, quote, unquote, rowing for. Yeah. It's just, like, you're, you have an efficient rowing technique and just stick with that. Yeah. And, like, so sometimes I'll row a little bit higher and kind of, like, spin it around a little bit quicker with calories. Um, but if I'm super smoked and I just need to, like, right. sometimes I'll, I'll go a lower rating. But I don't try and really change all that much. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, are you? Do you have any more questions about rowing, Jay? Yeah, I wanted to. Oh, okay. I wanted to read um, what's the Carla's question? Oh, sure. She says, "I'm not an official CrossFitter yet, but I'm seriously looking into it and do Olympic lifting currently four times a week. I attempt to use rowing as a warm up regularly, but seem to struggle in keeping a good rhythm. I get going and speed up, and then after like thirty seconds, I'm looking like a fish out of water and can't keep my legs and arms to get it together. I'm not sure where I'm messing up, but I'd love to get this under control as I like it as a warm up." Way more than running. Okay, wait. You want to answer something one more time? No. It's fine. I'm going to look at it. Bottom paragraph. (laughs) So it sounds like she's mostly using it as like a warm-up and she's like after about a minute, she feels like she's out of sync and she can't get her rhythm together. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think that's like, I mean, this is an ambiguous answer, but like that's so common with with so many things. You know, it's like we have to establish that muscle memory and it's just going to last longer and longer and longer as we get fatigued. Versus, like, when we first start doing something, like, you first start doing thrusters, like, maybe you do, like, one great one, and then you have the rest of it are shenanigans. And then it's, like, five great ones, shenanigans. Ten great ones, shenanigans. So it's starting to establish that rhythm. Um, I really like starting, um, and I start my classes usually with the same drill. We've, like, switched it up lately, but normally it's the same drill, which is I go all the way to my finish, and I just start with arms only rowing. So just my arms, just to start to get that piece in my brain. And then I start to go arms and body rowing. So I extend my arms, I lean forward, I lean back, I bring my arms Your back. legs are straight. Yeah, legs straight. So I don't do anything with my legs. So it's first it's just arms, then it's my arms and body. And then I might go to half slide. So just use half my legs. And then I'll go to full slide. So I'm really like establishing all those pieces of the stroke. So I have to get my arms away first. Then I have to lean forward. Then I'm gonna bend my knees. And really get that into my brain so that when I start rowing full slide, it's there. And I, I've already gone through ar- like my arms away mm-hmm. more than anything else. And then my arms body weight the second most. So I find that to be a really helpful drill. Um, and also just spending some time rowing at, at light pressure so that you aren't putting yourself under that duress where things start to fall apart. I think is really helpful. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people paddle like bananas. Like they just like forget everything that they've just done because you're establishing that poor muscle memory versus like you should paddle like a champ. Mm-hmm. So really making sure. What do you mean they just paddle? Oh, so you like paddling would be like you've taken off of all pressure. Sorry. So you're just rowing light. Okay. Um, like, like a lot the dampers really low. You literally like if you just were like pulling really hard, you've now just like release pressure. Okay. And you're just just rowing at like fifty percent effort. Okay. But everything should stay exactly the same at fifty percent effort. It's just you're not extending your legs as aggressively. And it would be like think of a crossfitting example. 
Um, like, now this is a great, great example. So <laughs> warming up with a barbell, like you wouldn't actually, you still want to go through every point of your lift really impeccably so that when you add load, all of that is ingrained in your mind versus warming up like crap and then expecting to lift well. Right. Yeah. I like that because when you're saying that too about breaking down the movements of how you do the arms and the body and then the legs, it's like the same when we do the little three-position three-position, yeah. like everything's yeah. really broken down and then your body's like, okay, now I know what to do. Totally. Um, and then talk a little, we did this on the video, but talk about a little bit about the damper settings. Yeah, totally. So I'm kind of a purist. Um, I like to put most women at around four and most men at a six. And what that does is it's mimicking the resistance that you would have in the water. It's also forcing you to be a little bit more finesse at the finessed, yes, at the catch versus my, just like yeah, you know. My yeah. guess is people are like, "What? That's so light." Yeah, like because oh. like the the less the more is is the way to go is probably yeah. like the mentality of totally people that don't know about rowing. One of my favorite things I, I don't mean it. to gender this, but yeah. I'm going to. One of my favorite things to do is look at some huge guy in the eyes as he's rowing. He can't do anything, and I just start tapping his damper down. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I went. You're in my world now. Um, no, but um, <laughs> so when you up your damper super high, you kind of are just cheating connection. Like you are going to feel connected at the front end because it's so heavy and takes so much work to get going. Versus if you put your damper down, you're gonna have to work a little bit harder to get that connection. That doesn't mean like pull harder. It means almost actually being a little bit more poised at the front end instead of just like. You're getting on it. It's like if you're at a stoplight, and, and this is the same thing when you initiate a heavy deadlift or an Olympic lift. Like if you just yank it off the ground or you just put your pedal to the metal, you're going to spin your wheels until you accelerate. Versus if you like slowly apply power and then speed up, you know, that like car is going to just go whoop. And same thing, that bar is just going to shoot up and be like, what? Um, the stroke is the same thing. So it's like actually in like the first inch of your stroke, you don't feel a lot of resistance. But then all that momentum starts to build up and you feel it catch. And that's why it's called the catch. And then you have all this resistance. But then as I pass my knees and as I start to open up my body, my resistance actually gets lighter. Just kind of like it almost would in an Olympic lift where you're not really trying to add anything to your lift by pulling with your arms. Instead, you're following the momentum in the bar and pulling yourself underneath the bar. Same kind of thing with mm -hmm. the stroke. So you're not trying to like where people get stuck and this comes to damper too, but like if they seek out the same degree of connection all the way through the stroke, so it feels the same all the way through, they're going to end up just tugging and a heavy damper lets that happen because it just feels heavy. Oh, okay. Versus making it a little bit light. Mm -hmm. And like you can do amazing things at a six or a four, like Olympic rowers will row around those dampers. Like you can do amazing fast things. It's just you have to be able to connect. Gotcha. Okay. And then two things, we covered this a little bit in the video, but for people who maybe don't watch the videos, is I want you to cover what I see and it's really annoying. And Claire and I talked about this last week of the like the the over the knees, like 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 mimicking a row like you're like yeah. in a rowboat with like oars and they're going like around right. circles. Like Which even then if you are in a <laughs> if you were actually are using oars, you're any over your knees, you're just gonna punch yourself in the face with an oar. Yeah. True. So like that just seems like this I see that all the time. Like there's like something about like, well I'm rowing and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, if you're like doing it <laughs> circles. Yay, circles. Yeah, uh, totally. So the, the tricky thing about the erg is 
if you're in a boat, like your mistakes become blatantly obvious. Like you're like, oh, oh my God. aura. Like if I were to raise my aura, it would hit the water. And I'd be like, oh, oops. Right. And so in an erg, you're just like silently undermining yourself and you don't realize it. <laughs> um, except if I'm watching you and then I will alert you. No. Um, but I like, so some people do like to coach with pretending like you're on a tabletop. Like you just like are going on a straight service down and back. I find that it makes people really static. And so I like to, when I get to the cat or the finish, I say like, think about like pressing down like half an inch. It's almost like your chain is on a, a bicycle chain, but your like your gears are golf balls. Like that's how small it should be. And so it's like a little circular, but it's not like I'm going over my knees that are my mountain or I'm like scraping my thighs. It's just, I have this nice, really smooth. Yeah, you see that too. People like will pull up almost like to their collarbone and then push it down to their hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's back. aggressive. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a little too much. We want to keep the stroke like as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. And there, I'm just, you know, I'm not getting that much faster or longer for You're how much work. That it takes. much more tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So with the over the knees, like the big thing is just to get your arms extended and to lean forward before anything happens. And people get rushed and frantic and forget that step, but it's just so crucial to do arms away, body away, and then bend your knees. And then the quick start, what we talked about in the video too, like the pull, 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 the sprint sprint start. Yeah, so there's a couple different ways and I would totally suggest to watch the video because it doesn't make as much sense to explain, but basically like big rule of thumb, don't ever start pulling with your arms. Like you always see that like bicep heavy pull. Once again, if you're Jason Kalipa, by all means, do yeah. whatever you want to do. That's I literally like we were doing. I think it was a two K test a couple weeks ago, and all my guys were doing that. And I finally was like, "You guys, you're exhausting your arms." They're like, and someone was like, "Well, this is how Jason Kalipa did it in in regionals." And I was like, "Did you just compare yourself to Jason Kalipa?" <laughs> and he was like. I like literally said this and he was like, well, I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is there anything else you're going to compare yourself like, to Jason Kalipa? Point one B. Yeah. No. So you can't do that same thing. Yeah, Which totally. So just like letting your, if you, and if you like look down at your movers, like your legs your are going to be, your movers are going to be way better movers than like, I would say like than my spindly little arms. Like, yeah. Your arms are not spindly, by the way. Yeah, I got Oh, thank you. <laughs> Even though my arms are huge, <laughs> my huge legs are going to be even better. Uh, but yeah, you were just thinking about like, your, the point of the sprint start is to get that fan moving as quickly and efficiently as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to happen with bending your arms. Totally. Push comes to shove. Yeah. Okay. Um, the last question I had was the, um, I've been told to like reach really far forward and then pull like your back, like the whole. Like three o'clock to nine o'clock. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. So you've been told to do that? Yeah. Um, that gives the, you know, uh, Claire has like a, by who? Like you don't have to answer that question. <laughs> we'll answer that when it's not recorded anymore. No. Um, who should have, he yes, should have been named. Who Come shall on. not be named. That who shall not be, uh, he, he who was not be named. Yeah. Um, no, so that gives the illusion of like a really long stroke. Like you're like, I am so long right now. And like, maybe if you were like five, two in a boat, with like a bunch of six footers, like yeah, you need to make your personal stroke as long as physically possible, but you're doing so at a cost to yourself. And when like you are sitting alone on a nerd, like you might as well be the most efficient. And so I like to use the example of like a like ass to ankle squat. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, your your range of motion has in fact increased. Like you are moving over more space, but you are not getting more power. You're not from, active that whole time. Yeah. So you have to come all the way up to like, you know, just below parallel before you actually are powerful again. 
to move. Or if you think about like if you like you're trying to max out your one rep, run rep max back squat, if you just shoot butt to ankles, like you are gonna get stuck. Yeah. Um, so the like I often this is another thing people get super stressed out about because uh, I'll shorten their stroke up a whole lot. And you're like, ah. yeah. especially if they're short, they're just like, you have just taken the one thing away from me that I can do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm giving you a gift. Yeah. Um, but making it as most uh, as as most power like as powerful as possible, and that usually equals the finish is a place you should feel comfortable. Like you should be able to like hang out there. You shouldn't be engaged. Um, and then the catch, your handle like really just goes like right beyond that clip. It doesn't, it should never go flush to the end of the arc. The clip is where the handle, like a little handle holder. Yeah, where, and fun fact, you should never leave your handle there because it stretches out the chain. So you should always leave your handle flush to the rower, but um, it should just go like just beyond that, that clip. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. I have some paleo questions if you're done with the Yeah, I'm done. Love yeah. it. Okay. okay. Um, I can't see the computer, but what time are we at? We're at 40 minutes. Oh, great. Okay. Tell the time. Um, so now that we have thoroughly, um, talked about everything there is still about rowing, let's talk about how you got into paleo a little bit. Yeah. Um, wow. So it feels like it's been longer than it has. I don't even know how long I've been paleo for like three or four years. Um, and it's funny. My sister like always makes fun of me because she went paleo first and I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) No one can eat like that. Paleo is dumb. I like to bake. I will never eat paleo, and I eat healthy, and I think fat is terrifying. <laughs> Low fat, cold okay. grain, everything. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have fun So, okay, I'm just going to tell this story. Yes, this but, uh, so I was, like, um, at Vitamin Cottage, and there was, like, two cute gentlemen in front of me in the line, and I was like, oh, hi, cute gentlemen. <laughs> to myself, obviously. I, like, would not be like, oh, hi, cute gentlemen. But I, like, take a little gander at their, like, Vitamin Cottage box, and there was, like, a package of, like, satan sausage, and I was like... Oh, like, just nothing so makes me less. <sighs> but you're cute for a moment. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, you're not as. Cute. Which I, that being said, if anyone likes satan sausage, I actually. I'd be like, like, what? It was like fake, fake satan. Oh, yeah. I was just like sad times. Yeah, yeah. and I wanted to have like a conversation about like hormone production with them, and I was like, probably out of line. You're. So- <laughs> That's the way he's gonna give you boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Uh, but okay. Anyways, so yeah. Um, Back to me, apps. Like, Louisa, you're ridiculous. Paleo sounds silly. Uh, but we had a food challenge at the gym I was at Chi, and I wasn't going to work out more because that sounded silly because I was working out a lot. And so I was like, well, the only thing I can change is my diet. And so I was like, why not? I'll try this paleo thing. I'll try it for like six weeks and then I'll go back to the way that I was eating. Uh, and my mind was like absolutely blown. Like, everything changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like a lot of my digestive issues went away, so I'd always like dealt with gas and bloating and my face would always break out and um, I didn't even realize how clearly I was not thinking. Um, but when I started eating paleo, like all that changed. Mm-hmm. And for me, like the the most profound, like that all that was all awesome. Like love that, love that a lot. But um the thing that was like the most profound that changed for me was my conversation with food. Um, just completely shifted and like I like I mean I went to boarding school that was really intense and I kind of freaked out and like do you want to talk a tiny bit about that I mean we have like 10 minutes yeah minutes, yeah you don't have to get no no I'll do you want to do but I I'll know do that's the, a really important the spark you know, I lost 50 pounds version yeah um yeah so I mean as an example right now I am I'm, I'm like 510 and about 155 um I went to boarding school and like the only thing I could control in like a sea of pearls and pastels 
was uh, food. And that is exactly what I did. And so I like controlled the crap out of it. Uh, and I definitely been before I went to boarding school, kind of like wavering on that edge where like I could tell that my relationship with food was not super healthy, but it seemed okay. And the like shifting away from my mom and everything that I found comforting um, kind of was like my trigger and pushed me over the edge. And so I ended up losing like, at that point I was not 155, but was like below 110, was very, very thin. Um, and you know, it's just like, I was like thinking about that the other day, like how, how scary that is. Like look in the mirror and you're like, your logical brain is like, whoa, whoa, girl, you are too thin. But then like your non-logical brain clicks in so fast and it's like, no, you're, you're like, you need to do less. Like you yeah. need to, yeah. um, and so it was like perfection and pressure and yeah. environment and just like so many uncontrollables that like, that was the one thing I could control. And the crazy thing and why like rowing like has such a place in my heart is like that was what shifted me. You know, it's like I love my family. My friends were great. Like everyone was trying to get me to shift um, and I just couldn't see it. But the thing that made me switch is like my high school coach is like, you can't physically row. Like there's no way you can do that. And I remember being like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like I've become that. Like that was like what actually hit me. Um, and rowing for so long was like, was my base. It was what like told me when I was too thin. Cause like rowing is hard enough. Mm-hmm. And like, when all of a sudden you're not fueled, you're like, wow, I'm rowing into a cement wall. This is awesome. I think Natalia said of when people with disordered eating habits, like they're totally, like everything else is totally functional. And then they just have this blind spot when it comes to their eating habits. Yeah. And it's like, they just can't see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like, it's absolutely crazy. And I mean, it's one of those things that like never, I, I think never really goes away. Um, and so it's like about building up like a stronger foundation. So mm-hmm. like in high school, like rowing was the thing that kept me honest, but like that's only one thing. And so it was really easy for me to get tipped over. So like if I was too stressed, tip over, like all those compulsions would come back or like if something, just if anything really happened and I was pretty stressed out a lot of high school. So like that would, that would shift me over. And then when I started lifting weights, that was like another piece in my foundation. And that was like, one of the reasons why I love CrossFit so, so much and lifting so much because so many exercises are so reductive. Like you are going to be a faster runner if you were a little bit smaller. Like it just, that's right. where, like, that's how your body shifts. Like it's just, you're going to be a little bit more efficient. And like I spent, I've spent a lot of time on elliptical and like that is so reductive. Everything about it is reductive. And I think one of the coolest things about lifting is it's it's additive. Like it's mm. one of the few places where you can get really excited about your body shifting and changing and actually getting bigger. Like something about it has shifted. Yeah. And I still remember the moment like I looked at my arms and I was like, yeah, those are like bigger. And, and like my mind was absolutely blown because I didn't even think I could get excited about that. Uh, and I also spent so long feeling really weak that there's something so tangible about a barbell. Totally. Like you get a step yeah. up and you get a put it from the ground overhead and it's so tangible. And so whenever, whenever I got lost, whenever I get lost, like I, I go back to the barbell. My mm-hmm. mom calls it warrior energy. I love that. Like it I think really there's something whenever I'm feeling that same thing, I always picture like how, like the satisfying feeling of like putting your hands on it. Like yeah. Yeah, all, I like start to crave it. I'm like, it's my therapy. Yeah. yeah. Also, so it's like gives you something to focus on that's so tangible that like lets you not have to worry about yeah. <clears throat> anything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of that, like I think about the impulse of catching in a row in a boat, like mm-hmm. that like, 
and you're like, oh, and it's the same feeling of that barbell. Mm-hmm. Um, so like lifting was huge for me. That was like a big tool. So when you were going through all that, was this kind of, I guess, with you until you started CrossFit? Like, so that, it's, it's definitely always when like, you were like, oh, I can't row. Were you, I mean, when was your aha moment to like, I need to stop doing this? Yeah, totally. Myself? So, I mean, first aha moment freshman year of high school, like 14, being like, oh man, I can't do this to myself. And then, like, it was still such a painful part of myself, I would say all of high school, where, like, I would avoid going out with friends because I'd be freaked out about what we were going to eat. Um, like, I was scared to go on trips because I would lose my, um, i lose control and I wouldn't be able to know what I was going to eat. But, like, I definitely was a much more healthy person. Like, I was, like, let's say, like, 125, 130 in high school. And then college, it did get better just because I started, like, you just start to get to know yourself. Yeah. Um, and feel, just feel more grounded in who you are. But like, it's still, it just, I could still get triggered easy, more easily. And then paleo was like a huge tool in my toolbox. Cause like all of a sudden, like you take away all those like really obviously good and bad foods. So like, I know I shouldn't eat that. Should I eat that? And like, there's so many rules in kind of like your standard American diet of like, how many calories you should eat exactly and how many grams of fat and like that was just so stressful to me and it was so quantitative and I think that can especially if you have any sort of disordered eating like quantitative eating can be really dangerous um and what I loved about paleo is it took away all that that that, like all the crap and all I was left with was good options like I just I could just eat food right and I knew like I removed all these it wasn't like once those were out of the picture, all I had left was food that would nourish me. And I honestly think, and like the more I learn about like what different things do in your body, the more it makes sense. But like, it was kind of intangible at that point. Like I was just like, I just think so much better and I don't know why, but I know it's fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, fat's such a huge part of our brain function, like, like 60 to 70% of our brain is fat. And we absolutely need saturated fat for brain health and like lines all of our, our nerve fibers and like all this crazy stuff. And so a lot of brain dysfunction comes with like super high carb diets and super high sugar and not enough fat and so like all of a sudden I was like nourishing my brain and I think that really did a lot too to just change the way I like I just thought better mm-hmm. and I felt better and now like my latest kind of like addition to all of this has just been realizing that um like I, I, I don't really know how to articulate it but I guess like an example is like I still look in the mirror every morning like and I'm like do I see my abs do I see my abs? And like the answer to that question will sometimes dictate how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And like finally realizing that that is just like not a sustainable way to live. Also because like I've been able to see my abs for like two years and that hasn't necessarily changed who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like how, like instead of can I see my abs being the question, like you have to you have to love your base. You have to come back to your base. Well, and we have, I don't know if you've heard the, the episodes where we have Lisa and Natalia on their, they work specifically with eating disorders, okay. in, eating disorders inpatient, and they talk so much about how they preach and, and use this in therapy of we are a whole person yeah. and how it's so easy with disordered eating to be like, to focus on body parts. Yeah. We are my gosh. and yeah. my stomach and this and my butt and how big is this and how big is that and like you're one whole person. Oh my gosh. Not your abs, yeah. you're not your I think there's a balance. Like to an extent you need to look in the mirror and like see the person that you feel like you are. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of CrossFit gets 
like it's it's almost taboo to say that you want to be lean, that you want to be cut, whatever. But it's like, you know, if you feel like you're an athlete, you want to look in the mirror and see totally. an athlete. But you can't, you know, let that get to the point of like, well, if I can't see, if I, you know, am bloated and can't see my abs today, then I might as well just stay in bed. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, there's a balance. Totally. And one thing that I've also like that's been really helpful for me is like, that's the part that I love to coach. Like I, what I love to do when I'm coaching with food or barbells or like whatever, like I want to find what's powerful in someone and I want to help them find that and grab onto it. And the fact that like, this is the part of myself that is like the scariest part of myself, but like, as long as I'm always like inquisitive and curious and like figuring out now where I, when I feel an impulse, I'm like, how do I move through this? Like, how do I, how do I figure out and how can I explain? Right, you're aware of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, so it's like making like the, like what can be seen as like your greatest weakness into your greatest asset. Well, and I think taking away that blind spot. Yeah. It's like, totally. just, if you can see it, then you can deal with it as yeah. long as you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. And starting to like, instead of, yeah, letting it be so, being so reactive to that question and be like, oh my God, like, even like, yeah. I can't ask that on myself. How can I think of that? Like asking the question isn't the problem. I think sometimes it's like the answer is what's important. Yeah. Right? And especially with like a history of disordered eating, like I'm probably going to always ask that question. Like that question is probably going to come up most times when I look in the mirror, but I'm getting so much better at the answer. And that, and I think where a lot of people get stuck is they think that answering it one time is the, is the trick. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, I love, like, I love myself, like done, like now it's done. Yeah. And like, it's just like in the gym, uh, like the first rep isn't the one you're going to learn on. It's when you, right. you know, or it's just any relationship. Like the first yeah. time you decide you like someone, that doesn't mean you're going to always like no. them and that's it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like also true. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like. I think a lot of people let that discourage them and derail them when they like, when the question of like, am I good enough comes up over and over and over again. And what I really try and stress is like that, like, I mean, of course that comes up, like stress brings up that question. That's always going to come up. It's just how do you answer it Mm -hmm. and how quickly do you answer it and how little do you let it derail you every time that answer, that question comes up. And that's like where I've really been focusing on lately. It's like allowing that question to come up and then being like, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> therapy session. Um, one last thing too. You went to regionals last year, right? Yeah, it was so fun. Talk about that. <laughs> oh my god, it was so yes. fun. It's like so a minute. minute. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I was really lucky and fortunate enough to be on the Verve regional team. Um, you know, and it was like, I, it was to be honest, it was like a big old shock. I was really not thinking that I was going to make it, and I was so psyched that I did. Um, it was one of the most fun and hard, hardest things I've ever done. Um, it was, I mean, what was really challenging about it is like, I love Olympic lifts. I love that kind of stuff. I'm not a, a skilled gymnast. And last year was really so gymnastics heavy. I spent every day for a month trying to figure out how to walk my hands. <laughs> my One of my favorite moments of regionals was the handstand walk. I was the last person to go. And I remember being like, oh. Everyone else who's that is probably also standing at the start. Like, right. so I'm going to like, and we were at one end. So I was like, I'm going to look across and make like eye contact with all these other people who are struggling. Look across. There was no one. And then I was like, they must be on the field. I'm going to give them some like, good job energy. No one. So it was literally, it resulted in just me by myself 
And I, I Hanson walked five feet, and it was kind of a bummer. But it was totally fine. But that was what's so funny is I'd also stressed out about this for yeah. so long. And, and when Push came to show up, I walked five feet. It was, like, totally fine. But what I was really, like, the most psyched about is um, those strict handstand push-ups I was also, like, absolutely terrified for. And I'd spent so much time walking on my hands that, like, I PR'd that workout by, like, a ridiculous oh, amount. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was just, like, the coolest thing. And it, I think this, like, comes down to, like, why, like, we just had so much fun as a team. Like, yeah. we just loved it and, like, made sure that that was, like, we wanted to go hard. We wanted to, we wanted to do well. But, like, when push comes to shove, like, if you're not enjoying yourself, like, why are you there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that, like, really, like, I remember just, like, hearing my team cheering. And then we were right next to CrossFit Roots, who were just phenomenal in Boulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing them be, like, because my team had been, like, this is the ever got and so then like <laughs> roots started freaking out and it was just like I like I just like oh it was so fun yeah it was so cool um that was like one of that was such a cool experience I, I feel like so lucky to have participated in that that's cool I feel like that's like when we talked to Julie that was her same thing too it was like yeah regionals was fun but like that moment when like every people you don't know are cheering for cheering you for they you. don't know your life they don't know your struggle yeah. they don't know how hard you've worked to get here and yet it suddenly feels like they do yeah. Like, they are totally so excited for you, yeah. even though they have no idea who you yeah. are. Yeah, it's so cool. And that's what's so cool. Yeah. Like, CrossFit is so great for so many reasons. Um, but, man, it's like, you that's, find that community yeah. and, like... That's one of the big reasons. Yeah, and it's yeah, just, for sure. it's unlike anything else. It's yeah. like, oh, just like... Just more fuzzies. Yeah, just like... <laughs> and I loved, like, our team, it was just so fun. Like, I had, yeah, I had, it's so much fun. Yeah. Are you going to do it again? Uh, I'm going to try. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try. Um... And, you know, it's finding that balance. Like, right now, I'm, I'm taking time off my shoulders because I'm really good at telling other people that they need to stop being dumb and listen to their bodies. I'm less good at telling myself. And so I didn't stop giving myself a break until, like, I couldn't get my hands over my head. And so now, like, where it could have been, like, a two-week, yeah. it's been, like, a two-month recovery period. Um, but it's been really, you know, I have been like, how many times do I have to learn this damn lesson? But, like, it's been really a good lesson to, like, to listen to my body and to, like, think about what I want the gym to be like and for me I, I want it to be a place that I feel great and that I I feel like I've gotten a workout in I feel like I've challenged myself but I don't want it to be something that it like is so stressful and I'm so worried like I was so worried about making the regionals team right after regionals like I was like I don't know am I gonna make it next year right and I was like okay right like eight months straight yeah got a while <laughs> I need to relax and so that's kind of like where I'm going at it this year is like it'd be so cool but I really want to do it like on my own terms feeling good about it yeah not making it yeah, a beautiful yeah. life. Yeah. Cool. That's amazing. Well, where can our listeners find you? PaleoGirlInTheCity.com. Yeah. Totally. And I'm uh, hopefully, like, by the beginning of uh, the end of the year, we're shifting over to, like, MadWellness.com. But right okay. now, PaleoGirlInTheCity is where I am. And I'm PaleoGirlInTheCity on Instagram and Facebook. And you coach your verb. I coach your verb. Local, wants to come see yeah. You. And then I also, ElevationRowing.com. And... Um, we'll be going out in a couple weeks, hopefully, um, is an ebook with like five tips to make you like a better rower tomorrow. And I'm really excited about that. Um, and that'll be for all like email subscribers. So hop on the, the email list and that'll be coming to you. Um, and there's also programming on that. So that's really fun. If you like, don't know what to do on a rower, we have, a, a, like, there's a couple months of programming on there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It gets updated. From the DU gym. Yeah. I was at DU and I was that's like, awesome. there were, uh, th- there was one spot where I can somebody was texting it. So I texted Maddie and I was like, I need an emergency rower workout. 
<laughs> I remember you talking about the, the Squat Rex. Yeah. I was texting in the Squat Rex. Yeah, and you're like, that, this is convenient. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a workout posted every Thursday, uh, and you'll get an email in your inbox every Thursday if you're on the newsletter with, with the workout and stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah, so it's it's fun. Cool. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for coming. And thanks for the biscuits. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> the biscuits. Yeah, the yeah. goodies. Yeah, and we will. All right, guys. We'll see, talk to you guys talk next, to you week. next week. Bye. Bye.